Well, good morning, church. Why don't you stand up? We're going to worship the Lord this morning.
Let's sing that one more time. Show us your glory. Show us, show us your glory. Show us, show us your power. Show us, show us your glory, Lord. One more time. I want to see you, Lord. Show us, show us your glory. Show us, show us your power. Show us, show us your glory, Lord. So make us, our, make that our prayer, God. That we would see your glory. We would see you in all of your fullness, God. Lord, we ask you to have your way in our hearts this morning, that we would be open to you, that we would leave all the stuff we walked in with behind, and we would be attentive to what you want to say to us this morning. Because you're always speaking. You're always speaking. Give us ears to hear you. Make us attentive to your ways, God, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, how are you? Good. I'm gonna. You can go ahead and stay standing up. We're just going to go back and worship in a little bit. Um, we have our kids here today. Some is a family service. So you, they're invited to stay with us the whole time. So if during the service they start kind of getting a little restless, it's okay. Just go ahead and, and speak God's love on them and let them know that they're loved and cared for. Um, but with, with kids, we, had, we started with Rush this last week on Wednesday, and it was kind of cool. We had 299 students here in this building this last Wednesday, and probably almost 100 leaders, right? So it was just crazy night. A lot of good things are happening. And Morning, church. Morning, church. That's better. Okay, good. Well, I uh, heard a uh, flock of geese this morning heading south. What does that mean? <laughs> Running from the mosquitoes. Yes, I would agree with that. If you like mosquitoes, this is your season, that's for sure. <laughs> well, where does the time go? Where does the time go? Uh, we're about to enter into a new season, uh, weather-wise. That's fall. Uh, that's my favorite time of the year. Uh, let's take that unofficial poll. Okay, yep. How many of you like fall best? Wow, that's a lot of folk. Okay, uh, let's start with spring which never happens if you live by the lake, or never ends, let me see, let me put it like that. Summer? Okay, oh man, this is weird, this section right here. Let's, okay, hands down. Uh, Let's go fall, summer, fall, summer. This is weird. Okay, how about winter? Winter. Oh, that's here for these folks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Florida. No, John Filto, man, he's there. Good, good. Well, I thought it'd be a good time for us just to kind of catch our breath as a church and, and chat for a moment about where we are and where, by God's grace, we're headed. I call these pulpit side chats because I get to sit in a comfy chair. I usually, most services, I have to stay in the entire service. And boy, I'm getting old, so this is like, whoa, I get to sit down. This is, this is kind of nice. Uh, actually, it's because uh, I'm convinced, as you know, that 
that meaningful and consistent communication is absolutely necessary to maintain a healthy relationship. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I, I think that we all would. Uh, it's got to be meaningful. It's got to be consistent. Uh, that's true of a relationship with God, as we're going to talk about next week, uh, and also everyone else in our lives. Meaningful, consistent communication. We want to stay connected as a church family, heart to heart. So I thought I'd take just a couple of minutes and share a couple of things in my heart this morning. Be a little different kind of service, and that's okay. You, you guys okay if I share a couple of things with you this morning? Good, good. Well, here at Southside, uh, the leadership is constantly looking to identify where is God at work? Where is God at work? Hmm. You've heard that before. You'll hear it again. Of course, I must first know where God is at work in my own life before I can make any attempt to help anybody else identify where God is working in their life. And so this has been an incredible season of discovery for me. Uh, With a group of other men, we've been meeting uh, from 6.30 to 8 a.m. via the Internet uh, from all across different parts of the state. Uh, Some of them are pastors, some of them are not. Uh, Pastor Michael is a part of that group as well. And we've been looking at uh, how we can hear from the Lord, learn to listen to his voice, and learn to help others do the same kind of thing. So I've learned a lot about myself as a person, also as a leader. Uh, How does God want me to lead? I'm learning to listen to what God is speaking to my heart because, as Michael said, he is always speaking. Hmm. And learning to listen to the heart of others as God is speaking to them as well. Not so much about fixing people. It's identifying where God is at work in a person's life, helping them to see that. It's been agonizing and liberating and challenging, but uh, I love growing, and this has been a really good season. Michael, would you agree? This has been really a good experience, yeah. And that reminds me that my job as a spiritual leader is to recognize a wave of God's Spirit and then to ride that wave as God's Spirit moves. It's not my responsibility to make waves. No, not my responsibility to make waves, but rather to find out where God is working and join Him because it's all of His energy that accomplishes whatever He desires to do. This is tough for me because, honestly, sometimes I like making waves. How many of you are sitting next to a person who likes to make waves? Yeah, a lot of wave makers here. (laughs) That's good. That's good. Uh, Here's what a professional assessment said of me. John loves innovation, development, and new ideas because he likes to find ways to make improvements. It's hard for him to accept things the way they are. He is determined to find a better way. And I think that's a pretty good summary uh, as I look into my own personality, my own self. And of course, the best way is always God's way. Would you agree with that? But often my ways are not his ways, but his ways are the best ways. So I've had to relearn that I have to constantly look for where he is at work so that I might join him and get out of his way, right? Okay. Now, God has a plan and purpose for each one of us, and I believe for all of us together as well. Questions that I wrestle with include, uh, God, what do you want Southside to be? Where do you want Southside to go? What's our role in the community here in Sheboygan, Sheboygan County, and in our world? God, what do you want for us as a church family? And I wrestle, spend time wrestling in prayer with these kinds of things. One of the burdens on my heart is to better position Southside for the future, while at the same time, Staying in the present. 
and we talked about that a few weeks ago about future tripping. Some of us are just prone to future trip a lot, and we kind of avoid staying in the present. But we've got to balance those two things out. Uh, the emphasis here at Southside will continue to be people, not programs. Uh, we're just not that kind of a church. We want to emphasize the importance of relationships. We need to get to know each other better. We need to move from liking each other to loving each other. And I'm glad that when people come here, they'll say, wow, it's a really friendly church. That's cool. That's cool, but that's not enough just to be a friendly church. And so move, to move from liking each other to loving each other, uh, that gets a little more intriguing. Your elders are learning and wrestling with this. And uh, it can be scary and messy and costly, but I think ultimately it's worth it if we're going to be the body of Christ that he wants us to be. This loving one another thing happens when we worship together, when we work together, when we play together, when we spend time together as a church family. And that is certainly on my heart continually. I've had the privilege of pastoring a large church in which uh, uh, relationships are a little more difficult to form. It's harder to connect. But I see the older I get, the importance of the church being a family. We have to be a family. Now, the church, as you know, is a living organism described in the Bible as the body of Christ. Now, all living organisms have stages and cycles and seasons. Everything does. And this is an individual. Well, let me just stop here for a minute. Uh, how many of you have relatives near the hurricane stuff? Yeah. 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 I think we'd ought to take just a moment and uh, pray for that situation. Uh, this is a great opportunity for Christ's light to shine. And there are Alliance churches and many other wonderful churches uh, that are in the path and, and they're going to have their hands full. But what a tremendous way uh, to let the light of Jesus shine in the midst of, of tragedy. People losing what they think is everything, which is really nothing. <laughs> and yet uh, uh, to turn their hearts toward God. So uh, who'd like to take a moment and just pray? Uh, for that, uh, for the Lord to be glorified, uh, even in the middle of all this. Who wants to do that? Good. Why don't you stand? And, yeah, I know. I know. Well, at least I didn't make you come up. <laughs> Good. Well, let's pray together, church family, shall we? Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Thanks. So as I said, all living organisms have stages and cycles and seasons. We can easily recognize the seasons of life uh, from infancy to childhood to teenage years to young adult to middle years to when we get older and all that kind of stuff. Marriages also have distinct seasons in them. Uh, Cindy and I are adjusting to our role as grandparents and and uh, our roles with our adult children, those kinds of things. I'm also convinced that churches have seasons. 
And so it becomes necessary for leaders to be able to identify what's the season we're in and what's the season that's coming. And moving forward, I want to be in my life more and more like the men of Issachar in First Chronicles. Here's what it says, First Chronicles 12.32. The men of Issachar understood the times and knew what to do. I want to be like that. I want to understand the times so that I might know what to do. So what does that mean? How does understanding the times and knowing what to do look like in my life? Well, for me, it begins by identifying where I am and where I'm going. I have to know where I am in the season that I am in so that I can get to the season that's about to come. So problems arise if we're caught off guard when entering a new season. And I guarantee you in your life, Physically, spiritually, emotionally, relationally, you are in a season, but that season's about to change. And time goes so quickly. We have to be on guard about this. The stress and demands of change can cripple us if we're not understanding that we're moving from one season to another. We're saying, what just hit me? I don't know. All of a sudden, life was going really well, and all of a sudden, boom. Well, we haven't anticipated the season we're going into. And that might be releasing your children. That might mean physical limitations. That might mean leaving the nest. It can mean all kinds of things. Here's how Solomon put it. There's a time for everything in a season for every activity under heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to uproot, etc., etc. in that passage of Scripture. But the key phrase is there. There's a season for every activity. And so as you identify what season you're in before the Lord, uh, then you can best begin to prepare, God, what do you have next for me? Because I'm in this season for a reason, and you're leading me into the next season of my life. I have to transition that, or I'm going to resist it. I'm not going to be ready for it. Here's what Jesus said. He turned to the crowd and said, when you say, see clouds beginning to form in the west, you say, here comes a shower, and you're right. When the south wind blows, you say, today's going to be a scorcher, and it is. You fools. You know how to interpret the weather signs of the earth and sky, but you don't know how to interpret the present times. You can't even get it right the season that you're in. And he's admonishing us to open our spiritual eyes so we can see the activity of God all around us. And I'm convinced how we handle today's transitions will determine our success in the next season of our life, whether you individually, you and your family, or our church body together. We have to be able to to say, okay, uh, what's the transition that's coming for me? So I'd like to consider some transitions. Uh, Let me start with one that's uh, personal. Uh, in six weeks, I'm going to be 63 years old. Yeah, that's what I said too. No, no, no. I'm just 36, not 63, right? That's what my brain says, right? But then I look in the mirror, I'm saying, man, maybe not. Uh, hmm, interesting, right? And life does happen incredibly fast. Now, Aaron Rodgers says he wants to play till he's elite 40, right? I figure if Eric can do 40, maybe I can do 90. I don't know. Uh, but the point is this. The point is this. Uh, there's there's uh, some guys, men and women, who uh, work a long time in the same place. And as they get closer to retirement, they set their clock, like Wayne Galpo, uh, like years in advance. It's the countdown clock to, to the day of retirement. Did you ever see Wayne's clock when it was winding down? That was the coolest thing. He said it like, what, two years in advance? 
two years, yeah. And it just wound down, yeah. And there's some folk that just really like that. They're waiting for this target. And then life will transition. And some of you have retired more recently. And that's a big thing. But uh, from my perspective in ministry, there's no retirement in the Bible. Uh, The word's not mentioned. The concept is difficult to find. Uh, Although some of the priests were given qualifications, age when they start and when they finish, which is an interesting kind of concept. Uh, But uh, I want you to know that um, uh, I don't plan on going anywhere uh, as long as my health and passion uh, remain alive. Uh, I want to continue to do what God has called me to do, and I'm very excited about that. Uh, And so uh, I also want you to know the elders have uh, begun the process of looking at transition pastorally. Now, that might be five years, might be ten years, might be next year, I don't know. Uh, But the point being, uh, we're reading together a book called Next, which is Pastoral Transition. And uh, the first line in the book is this, every one of us are an interim. That really struck me. I don't care what job you're doing, you're just an interim. There's going to be somebody that will follow you. It's just a matter of when. Every single person in this room is an interim. I am an interim pastor in that sense. There will be someone, Lord willing, that comes after me, right? And so as I look at preparing for the next season of my life, I want to make sure that I'm positioning Southside carefully because I see a lot of guys get into their 60s, closing down on 70. They don't want to let go. They don't want to let go of the position. They don't want to let go of the power. They want to let go of all that stuff. Uh, that's not me. Uh, if the Lord released me, I'd be gone tomorrow. I would. Uh, and yet he says, nope, more to do, more to do. And as long as he gives me that incitement, which I've got, uh, then we say, okay, let's do this. Let's continue to do this. And so uh, the elders will also next month be speaking with Jeff Brown, our district superintendent, about all of this issue uh, because uh, I think it's important that we as a church at least have uh, a minimal kind of plan in place. Should the proverbial bus take me out tomorrow, uh, we need to know uh, here's a plan that's in place. I think it's good. I think it's right. I think it's healthy because every one of us are interims. Does that make sense to you? Okay, good. Uh, Let me just stop there and make sure uh, you're not hearing what I'm not saying and you are hearing what I am saying, okay? Uh, So go ahead. Uh, Any questions or comments about that? This is the interactive part, by the way. Marla, that's perfect. I'm saying that I'm staying, but eventually I'm moving on. Just like you will. Just like everybody in this room will. That's exactly what I'm saying. That's correct. I hope it's years. (laughs) Right? Good. Good. What else? Exactly. That's exactly what we're doing. God, where are you at work here? What do you want us to know? What are you saying to us? Exactly. Good. Yeah. Yes. You are where you are, correct? The question is, what is God doing right where you are right now? You don't have to always look to the next season. He wants... 
today to be the day of salvation. Today, don't harden your hearts and hear my voice. Today is the day, right? Good. Good. Any other questions, comments? Good. All right, we'll move on. Uh, Let's talk about church finances for a minute. This is a favorite topic of of everybody. Uh, In October 2014, our mortgage balance on this property was $1,340,000. At that point, uh, we were led of the Lord, I believe, to start our Accelerate program to reduce the debt, to free money for ministries. And uh, uh, over that three-year period, uh, God moved. So in November of 2017... Uh, last year, our mortgage balance was 768000 which means we knocked off $572,000 between mortgage payments and extra giving. So I think that's praiseworthy, right? Don't you? Uh, we praise God for that. Uh, that leaves the current balance of 720000 Now we're getting to the point... Uh, 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 yeah, I can dream about no mortgage payment. And getting that albatross off the back of this church. Man, that's something I'd like to clean up before I go. I really would. 720000 Hmm, interesting. So, uh, that's something that I'm kind of dealing with at this point. Uh, it's been a good run these last three years. Uh, man, wouldn't it be great to be debt-free? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so we look at the big picture. Yeah, carpet's getting old, 20 years old. Parking lot's getting cracked, okay? We've got all that kind of stuff. Uh, what to do, what to do? If we want to continue to invest in people, not in things that will crumble and, and disintegrate, but we want to maintain the gift that God's given us in this building. And so we balance all those kinds of things. But thank you for your faithful giving. Thank you. Uh, we appreciate uh, uh, what God is doing, and he continues to uh, provide for us when we need it, and we're very grateful uh, for that. All right. Any questions about that? Okay. Uh, let's talk about home groups for a minute. Uh, in Community 101, Gilbert Bilzikian wrote, it is in small groups that people get close enough to know each other, to care, to share, to challenge, support, to confide, confess, forgive, to be forgiven, to laugh and weep together, to be accountable to each other, to watch over each other, and to grow together. Personal growth does not happen in isolation. Oof, that's good stuff. It is a result of interactive small groups. Small groups are God's gift to foster change in character and spiritual growth. I believe that. I believe those statements. Uh, I really do. So a vital way to connect to God and each other is through uh, home groups. And over my years in ministry, I believe I've seen the greatest spiritual growth happen in people in that kind of context. Call it a Bible study or a Sunday school class or however it's morphed over the years. I could, I could care less. But the point being, it's in those accountability small groups where the greatest spiritual growth happens. That's true for me, and I imagine it's true for you as well. It's very, very important uh, to be connected uh, together. And so uh, home groups is one of the vehicles that we use here at Southside. And over the years, we've had over... 60% consistently of our adults involved in connecting with God and each other in these kinds of groups. So this fall we're going to do something, we are doing something a little bit differently. It's been a, a burden of mine to help equip home group leaders. 
and uh, it's just tough to get together to have training sessions. And so uh, what we're going to do this fall is a little bit different. Uh, Cindy and I are uh, taking all of the home group leaders together and having a home group of home group leaders in which we want to learn from each other. How can we better disciple the people that call Southside home? How can we more foster the kind of intimacy of relationship that leads to spiritual growth? Uh, we've had the joy of experiencing that in our home group over the last several years, seeing tremendous growth in people, and uh, excited to share those principles. It's kind of hard to do that, though, when you're uh, uh, just doing it for an hour uh, once a quarter or a couple times a year in home group leader meetings. And so home groups, as we know them, will be a bit different. Uh, let's, if you've been a part of a home group, ask that leader, is our home group going to meet? Uh, some, many of the home groups are in fact going to meet uh, just on an informal basis. Uh, but we're going to take September to December, uh, just about eight or ten weeks here, to meet weekly with the home group leaders for training. And then the sign up for home groups will be in December with a January launch of home groups as we know them. Does that make sense to you? If you do not, like you're still alive and with me. Okay, some of you are. Good, good. All right, good, good. And so uh, the home group sign-up will be in December. How far away is December, by the way? 14 weeks. 14 weeks, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're not talking a, a whole lot of time here uh, before Christmas, but the point being we're going to take uh, this time and emphasize how can we make our home groups even more effective than they have been, Okay. So if you're looking for home groups, check with your current leader. Uh, there may be some gatherings of those groups uh, in the next couple of months. But officially, we will have sign-ups in December, and then home groups will start in January. Okay, everybody clear on that one? Questions, comments? Good, all right. Uh, let's see. Uh, next week, we're going to start a new sermon series called All In. All in, to reach, to love, to serve. And we're going to talk about uh, two components primarily of that, serving and reaching out. Uh, The church in America is dying. Uh, It's dying fairly rapidly, actually. And I think the landscape of the church for the next generation is going to look much different than the church today. And so as I'm looking at the seasons to come, uh, what needs to happen? God, where are you at work How can people be reached in today's very, very busy, busy world? And as the epicenter of Christianity slowly moves away from America uh, into Africa and Asia, uh, America will be increasingly an unreached people group. And so uh, we're looking at Europe and what's happened there. Uh, Scott and Katie Wiggins, uh, who were sent by this church, Uh, have been serving for two terms in Iraq. Uh, Because of Katie's health, uh, they are no longer able to serve in the Middle East working with Muslims, Uh, but they have been reassigned uh, to one of the least-reached countries with less than 2% being in church this Sunday. You know where that country is? Germany. Germany. France is the same. And unless God does something, that will be America very quickly. So, it's not all gloom and doom. 
Uh, but I think we better have our heads on straight and be hearing from the Lord uh, because the future is going to get very, very intriguing. And so we want to look, how can we serve the body of Christ? How can we reach people in this context today? It's not easy. It's not easy, but we're going to wrestle through some of that. I'm excited about that sermon series. And then uh, when that's done, we're going to start First John, uh, chapter by chapter. That'll take us right up to Christmas, okay? So if you've not read First John, you might want to spend some time in there, and uh, that'll be our study then uh, coming for the remainder of the year. Uh, we want to identify where God is at work. I have to identify, God, where are you at work in me, in my family, uh, and in our church and ultimately in our city, a high priority for me is cooperation, partnership, and networking with other organizations, with other churches. That's a burden of my heart, that we use this facility. Uh, if you come here during the week, Head Start's got it maxed out downstairs, and uh, uh, we enjoy having them here. Rush meets here on Wednesday nights. Other groups are meeting here. Uh, do you guys know that there's a church that meets here Sunday afternoons? Uh, Baptist Church up in our youth room. Uh, we've got all kinds of groups meeting, uh, Bible study, other things, and we're excited to be able to use our building in that way. We're also excited to use this building for, uh, like the Good Friday service, a cooperative effort of a uh, number of churches in our community. Uh, so we want to continue to identify where, where God is at work in our city, but also in our world. And you've heard the last couple of weeks uh, the stories from the Thai teams and how exciting those were to hear of God's work in that part of the world and our responsibility to push back the darkness to the ends of the earth. And we will continue to work with Nightlight. I had a guy last week uh, who was visiting from Israel uh, come up to me after the service and he said, uh, you know, that makeup stuff, you gave makeup to women in Bangkok. Off of that question that you asked, Marla, wasn't that you? Yeah, why would we give women to ma- wake up to women? That doesn't make a lot of sense because wouldn't that make them more attractive to men and just compound the problem? And I explained that that was kind of an open door uh, to reach out in love with those gifts, which they're going to use anyway. But what I failed to say was in that same breath, uh, they are inviting women uh, to a free clinic in which they're tested for STDs and HIV. Uh, one of the only ministries down there doing that, offering free medical checkups uh, for these women. Also con- condoms, uh, birth control. This is all a part of the holistic approach of Nightlight. So I want you to know we're not just giving makeup away to women so that they can be prettier and be more attractive to men. No, that's so that uh, God might work through that gift of love and then they'll come with an invitation to the free clinic checking it out. Will you do this for free? Huh? Because you care about me? Yeah, that's the idea. So uh, uh, we want to be involved in pushing back the darkness. I thought that was a great question that guy asked after the service last week. So I serve with some gifted men and women uh, who love the Lord. They have a deep sense of calling to this church in the season of life that this church is in. I'd just like to introduce a few of them to you. I don't know who's here, but uh, go ahead and stand uh, when your name is called. Uh, Our elders include uh, Pastor Michael, uh, Todd, Derek, Jan, Mark. I think all you guys are here today. Yeah, good. Uh, These are the elders that serve you. Uh, so faithfully, you can remain standing. Got some deacons here. Bill Kerwin is our head deacon. Uh, Jeff, Candy, Ellen, Dustin, Bill Cam, Nicole, Dan, Sandy. Is that list right, Bill? 
Good. If you're here, great. Thank you for serving. Trustees are Jeff Brill. Pam Thayer. Oh, Pam Thayer, too. Good. Need to add to that list. Appreciate that. Good. She was just added recently. That's cool. Uh, Jeff Brill, Steve O, John Marshall, Bob Oney, uh, recovering. Good. Our treasurer is Dustin Velkamp. Dustin, are you here? Yeah, it's a Viking game. I'm not saying anything about it this year because last year when I mentioned it, they're a nasty linebacker. That's a different story. Okay. <laughs> Our assistant treasurer is Dan Demko, serving double duty. Thanks, Dan. Well, let's give these folk a hand. They're serving very faithfully. Thanks. Thank you. And finally, this morning, I'd like to hear from two of my friends. It's good to serve with friends in ministry. At least most days we're friends. Um, they're faithful servants of the Lord. Uh, Michael, why don't you come on up first and uh, uh, you get to your own chair here. Good. So why don't we chat? That's good. So these recline, so go ahead. Just check it out. That's fun. Yeah, this is good. Yeah. Guess to try this. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> good, man. <laughs> uh, this has been a, an interesting year for you. A year of growth, uh, serving on staff now uh, full time. A uh, year of personal growth. Uh, your family is growing. How do you feed those boys, by the way? They keep eating and they just don't stop. So, but lots of meat just gets all the meat when it's on special. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Is that a prayer request, or are we <laughs> are we passing the plates? What are we doing? <laughs> Get him a chicken. All right. <laughs> uh, parenting, uh, prayer and worship, rush. Man, just a lot of things going on in your life. You're working on your ordination uh, with the Christian Missionary Alliance. Man, and going to school. Yes. This guy is just really busy, really busy, but I'm so proud of his growth. So uh, as you consider where you are and some things to come, what do you got to share? Just open it. Um, yeah. I just, I'm really excited. Uh, this year, just with Pastor John and the court, has been, it's really been transformational. Yeah. Um, and I've grown so much. I think a lot of it is recognizing a lot of the, the blind spots that I had that I, I wouldn't have been able to name before. Mm-hmm. Um, but just recognize, like, God actually works. He's always doing something. He's always speaking. And, like, it just, Christianity, this life is so much more real for mm-hmm. me. I mean, that sounds kind of weird coming from a pastor, but it, it, it is. It's so much more real. It's, it's less about doing and more about being. And, like, my hope is that I want to pass this on to to you to the people because I think just as a, the Western Church sometimes we get kind of distracted and we look at some of the wrong things so um, so it's, it's been eye opening for me and I'm excited for what God has done in my life and what He's going to do um, but one thing that has been um, pretty consistent for for Jess and me for a while is just the, the whole the family. And at Southside, like, families are important. We just came off the, the fight series in the spring and the summer, and I know I've heard some really good stories about that, how it's impacted people, which has been really good. Uh, but we want strong families. We want to help equip 
parents. The, the funny thing is, you can get a job or do anything in life and you have to have on-the-job training. And, like, you don't have to have that for, for being a, a mom or dad. You, you just, you're kind of thrown <laughs> into it. And all of a sudden, like, you are one. And you're not necessarily trained in, in how to do it well. Um, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of us, we take our defaults from our parents, you know, and how we were raised. And some of us, like, we've had all kinds of different experiences. Some are, are better and healthier than others. And I know my dad, like, he came from a broken family. And he, had, he didn't have a really good upbringing. And I'm so thankful just because he was able to break a lot of the chains that would have been trapped in me and our family had he not been able to do that. Uh, but even there, like growing up in a godly family, there's still a lot of stuff that I didn't know and just how to be a better dad. And so um, Justin and I kind of hit this, like we had a, a rough marriage, I've, I've shared that, um, but there was a time where God grabbed a hold of us and we became unified and really set on the same path through, through parenting, recognizing God's vision for us as a family. And it helped us grow a lot just together. Mm-hmm. Um, I would not have had a good relationship with my boys had that not happened. And so I just think it's really important. And so we're going to have a, a parenting group class on, on Monday night starting in October, October 1st. And I just encourage you to come and be a part of that. We're going to try to do everything we can to make that easy for parents. Uh, it's going to be 6 to 7.30 on Monday nights. It's about nine weeks or so. And you can sign up at the Connect Center. Or you can call the office. Aaron loves to hear that. People call in. And you can tell Aaron you want to be a part of it. Uh, there is a small workbook that we're going to go through. And it's going to be about 15 bucks. That's a small price. Mm-hmm. But here, here's my thing. And I'm, I'm acting in faith on this. Like we want, We're going to provide child care. Um... And that's kind of a hard thing. And, and here's, I've, I've met with families in their homes, and there's, there's so much struggle with, with families. And some of them are so busy, they have like no margin, they can't do anything. And some of our families here, like they have four or five kids, and just trying to get up to anything like this it is so hard. Um, and they're just in, in a bad place. So here's, here's a big ask, okay? If you are available, I'm, I'm looking for people to help with childcare on Monday nights. So and if it can be like once a month, like two times throughout this thing would be awesome. And if you can't actually volunteer to do this, like maybe you could provide some, some money that would help because the church doesn't have a lot of extra money. So if you can do that, like that would also go along with so that we can pay somebody else to do it. So whether you can actually volunteer yourself and love all these kids that are gonna be here, or if you can provide some assistance to help us do that, um, that would be amazing. And we're stepping out in faith on this. This is two weeks away, and I'm believing God's going to make this happen. So, but I would ask this. So, um, I didn't bring it up. One way to do that, if you want to provide money, just on the, the giving when you give it, there's a spot for other, and just put child care in that little box, and we'll make sure it gets where it needs mm-hmm. to go. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Um, and then also, worship. I, I have the, the privilege of leading you all in worship a lot, and it's been good. Um, and something that's been on my heart really for a while, and I think I'm just stepping into this now because I'm letting go of some of the anxieties that I have with it. Um, a lot of times Sunday mornings we come, and it's 
even though you don't want it to be a performance, there's a lot of performance kind of elements to it. And so, so there's this piece of worship where it's not that. And then there's also prayer, which I want to be more involved in prayer. And I hope that we as a congregation will be more engaged in prayer. So um, we are going to try. We're going to do uh, a Monday. No, I'm sorry, Friday night. The, the first Friday of the month. And we're just going to have a time of prayer and worship. And it's going to be up in the upper, the old youth room. For at 6 o'clock, we'll probably do about an hour. And it's going to be very non-polished. We just want to meet God. And we want to pray together and have the expression of prayer from the body. So we want you to participate if, if God moves you to do so. And we're just going to have an acoustic guitar, a keyboard, and singing. And we're just going to create space, really, just so that we can do this together. Um, because I think God moves in prayer. He moves in, in the prayers of his people. And there's an important connection where we just want to be connected to God and present to him and aware of what he wants to do. So, so that's so you're invited. Uh, first Friday of the month. It's going to start next October, right? Mm-hmm. And then rush, where lots of crazy things happen, <laughs> and we've got some good leaders. Uh, we we uh, partner with Crossroads Community Church, um, and they're just an awesome church to partner with. We do this together, and like I said, we had about three hundred. Students here last Wednesday, which is amazing. I think we started at 150 two years ago, mm-hmm. and for whatever reason, like it's just it multiplies and it grows. Like some great things that are happening there. We're believing God for more, and I'm just grateful for to see what's going to happen through that as they hopefully infest their schools and everywhere that they're at. Infest. It's a good word, right? And spread contagion of Jesus to all of the people that they see. Jesus would be a good contagion, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So. Good. Thank you, Michael. Uh, as I said, this man's busy. Between school, ordination, his responsibilities at home, his responsibilities here. Uh, do pray for him, would you? Uh, he gets stretched a lot. And a very, very faithful man who loves this church and loves you. And uh, praise God. It's good to serve with you. You too. Yeah. Love you, man. Good, thanks. Good. And last this morning is Liz. There's a very flattering picture, Liz. I don't know where that came from, but... Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. There's the stink eye. (laughs) But I know who put her up to it, so... Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Good. Oh, she's so sweet. She would never do that without being coaxed. Why is she so red? Yeah. Okay. Well, good, Liz. Uh, Liz, what are your duties here at Southside? <laughs> um, sometimes I introduce myself as the uh, the children's director and the office manager, a.k.a. the know-it-all of Southside. Mm-hmm. So sometimes um, I don't. There are weeks where I don't know what I don't do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but those are my roles: children's director and office manager. Good, and you like what you do. I love what I do, absolutely. Hey. And we got some stories about how God is moving. Uh, sometimes the kids are kind of downstairs or somewhere else, and we don't get to hear some of the cool things that people in this church are doing with kids. Yeah. What you got? 
Yeah. Um, there's two stories that I want to share with you of what um, God is doing, and those are um, some people that are serving faithfully. And the first one is um, Ron Similink. There should be some pictures up there of Ron. Hello? No? Oh, no pictures. Oh, that's really sad. Okay. So two years ago, we, um, when we launched Kid Connect, uh, we had a vision meeting um, with our leaders, and we started to talk about what it would be like to connect kid, connect with kids outside of these church walls. We do that on Sunday morning, and um, many of the leaders um, that are down there do it well. Uh, but what would it look like to, um, to connect with our kids outside of um, Sunday morning? And with Ron Simlink, I saw this light bulb go off. Um, for him. And Ron loves to be in the outdoors and he loves to um, go fishing. And and so Ron took that two years ago and he's ran with it. And so he has taken some boys under his wing and um, taken them fishing and taken them hiking and done life with them. And it has been really cool to watch um, because he's loving on these boys in normal activities um, that he does. Ron and his wife, Mary, both serve very faithfully in Kid Connect and have for years, um, since far before I was here. Um, Yet he knew that he had an opportunity beyond these church walls um, to take some boys um, fishing and hiking and to love on them and to show them life skills, and he's done that. And so um, that's just one really cool story of what God is doing down in Kid Connect and in the lives of some of the kids and families here out south, at Southside. And I'm super grateful for uh, the two of them and for what they're doing. And um, they are not super extraordinary beyond um, what everyone else is doing in Kid Connect. But that's just one really cool story of um, what it's like to connect with families and connect with kids, which is our, is our heart for Kid Connect. Um, and then a second story is of um, Steve Shilk. And no picture of that either? Okay. Steve Shelk um, has, went with us to Thailand for the second time uh, this year. He went in 2016 with us, and he went um, this time around. And um, there are several ministry opportunities that we had uh, throughout the 10 days that everyone was there. And most of the time, didn't really have an option of where you were thrown into. We, you know, we took the gifts and based on what was happening... But Steve um, served with me um, in the upstairs of a place called Bon Racte, and maybe you remember um, hearing us talk about Ivan and his wife, Kashmira, um, who are serving with YWAM. And so every time uh, we worked with the children's up, children upstairs there. And so we didn't really give Steve an option, but he served upstairs with me and um, Jessica Gallipo. And we went up, and I, I've never seen Steve work with kids, but I was, I guess, going on faith, and based on what everyone else was doing, he was the one available. And we had these wooden boats that we worked with the kids to build um, based on the Bible story that we were telling. And Steve has a bad knee, and he's got a bad back, yet he got down on the floor, um, no carpet, no carpet square to sit on, and he got down on the floor and um, was helping these boys build these boats. And I saw the life in Steve just light up in his face. And uh, a couple days later, we're on an airplane, and he sits beside me in the airplane. And I've got my headphones in, and he's got his headphones in. And he takes them out, and he says, Hey, I want to talk to you about what it would be, what it would take to serve in Kid Connect. What's it going to take? And so 
Steve, so I talked to Steve and he said, you know, it's, it's easy, but it's just like it would be here in Thailand. It's sitting on the floor, sitting on a chair, sitting beside a kid, helping them build a boat, just loving on them, asking them how their day was. And so he did. He, last week, was it last week? He was downstairs and I wish I could show you the picture because they're side by side. He's down on the floor. He was with, down on the floor with Jaden Dumont last week. Um, drawing a bunny rabbit on a card that Jaden was, was drawing. Um, and that is a story of someone who saw what God was doing. He's never worked with kids here at South, well, he used to a long time ago. But he, he worked with kids, he saw that God was doing something in his heart, and he took that in obedience, um, he asked what it was going to take, and he did it. And I'm super excited for um, what Steve's going to do in the lives of some of the kids um, downstairs. I tell those two stories, um, not to make anyone feel guilty or make them sound higher than anyone else, but basically to say that, just like Pastor John said, we are losing the church, and we're losing kids rapidly. I just took a, um, a girl to ice cream, uh, who was in eighth grade yesterday, and just to listen to her talk and the things that are happening in school and in her life, in her home, um, just the, the reminder of we are losing these kids very rapidly. And if we don't love on them and if we don't help them understand just how much they matter, we're going to lose them. And that doesn't mean that we have to do these radical things, but that means getting down on the floor and building a boat with a kid. And that means sitting beside them while they're coloring a picture and possibly drawing bunny ears on a circle um, and showing them that they matter and that you care for them. Um, And so I encourage you um, to think about that. Maybe that's not here in these walls. Maybe that's your neighbor or um, someone else that you come in contact. Or maybe it is here um, in Kid Connect because we do need people to love on these kids on Sunday mornings um, to say what would it take for me to be a part of a kid's life or kids' lives? Um, Maybe it's a youth um, in Rush or in your neighborhood again or in your sphere of influence. What would it take to help a kid know that they matter so that we don't lose them in the long run? Um, So I'm going to transition out of that and just talk about um, a couple of things that we um, are going to do this fall um, just based on uh, my heart for ministry and what I feel um, God is calling us to do. I do ministry because of my own story, because I grew up in a family that uh, we didn't hear the name of Jesus unless it was the wrong way to hear the name of Jesus. Um, and we went to church occasionally on um, Christmas and all that. You, you hear that a lot and more and more. So my heart for ministry really is to share with kids that they matter and to um, really penetrate into the home and help them. My mom came to Christ after I started going to youth group, and so I see the power of um, making sure that kids know that they matter and then it will penetrate the home. So our desire really um, this year is to connect. And Pastor John said it well when he said, we want to go from liking each other to loving each other. And so last year, um, we weren't able to do impact sports, impact basketball, which broke my heart. But what we did do was we did some open gyms uh, once a month where it was just you came and the basketball hoops were set up and we had a bounce house one time and uh, just an opportunity for people to come. And someone said it really well. They said that was a come-as-you-are event. I could come. My kids could be crazy that day, but I knew that I could come and I could connect with other adults and my kids would be free to roam in a safe place and they would be able to connect with other kids. 
And so we're going to do that again this year. It's my desire to create opportunities for people to come as they are, for you to come as you are, to invite your friends to come as they are, and to connect with people and to begin to go from like to love and do life together. And so um, outside in the Kid Connect check-in, you'll get one of these. It's been posted on Facebook. It's in your weekly um, newsletter that Aaron sends out every week. It's, we're going to plaster this everywhere because it's my desire that not only you come, whether you have kids in the home or not, but that you would take these, invite your neighbors, share it on Facebook, invite people so that we can begin to love on our neighbors as well. And we can invite them to a safe place where they can come as they are. This is a church, but this is a place where they can come as they are. We can start to connect with people um, and start to show people that they matter. Maybe it's one of those kids that Jesus isn't heard in the home, but you're going to invite them, they're going to come, and then they're going to see that this is a safe place to be. Um, And eventually our desire and hope is to penetrate the home. Sound good? So invite people, grab some of these, um, share it on Facebook. The first open gym is um, October 9th. We're going to have a family night on a Sunday at Bulet's Farm. We're going to go to Above and Beyond Children's Museum. Um, But open gym is every month uh, this winter. So um, please share that. Please come whether you have kids or not and be part of um, a church body here at Southside. And lastly, uh, this summer we started having uh, our fourth and fifth graders, or fifth and sixth they were this summer, uh, started having their own class uh, separate from the other elementary kids in Kid Connect. And that was because of my desire to start to um, equip our older kids. I was seeing again that we're losing the church. We're losing kids. Hey, it was fun having you in Kid Connect, but now go to Rush and we plop them in. Um, and then we don't, we don't get to see them again. We see them on Sunday morning. Um, but we don't see them being part of the church body, and that scared me. And so this summer we um, set them aside and we started a different curriculum with them, and uh, we did some really cool things like serve. We did a service project where they raised money um, to make blankets uh, for children in foster care, all these things that helped them um, start to be equipped for what it's like to be the church body. And so we're going to do that again um, this year, starting the fall, it's become a regular thing. And they're going to start asking questions like, why are my parents so mean? And that's not to, to talk about why you guys are so mean. That's to talk about why you have, why there's rules and why there's standards. And so all these just random questions that we wouldn't think to ask, um, but they are, they're biblical questions and they're questions that kids need to wrestle with that they don't know that they need to wrestle with. Um, and then we're going to have them serve, and they're going to serve in Kid Connect and the nursery, and hopefully as ushers and greeters, um, so that they begin to understand that they matter in this church body, um, so that when we do plop them in rush, um, they know that they, um, that they are part of a church um, that is doing things in this community. Does that make sense? So it's, again, our desire um, to equip and to connect. So those are some things coming up this fall. Excellent. I'm with you. We're excited about reaching the next generation. Absolutely critical. Working hand-in-hand with Pastor Michael uh, as family life and what that looks like and how we can have that kind of place where we're, we're a church family, but we're taking care of all the families underneath that, no matter what your family looks like at this season of your life. Well, 51 years ago, back in 1967, Southside was started by a small group of people with a very large faith. I believe they understood the times and they knew what to do. 
And I believe uh, as Daniel 11.32b says, the people who know their God will display strength and take action. They took action because they wanted to see people in Sheboygan and around the world meet Jesus. It's our turn in 2018 to continue that same mission, to reach people here, to reach people there, to see them grow in the Lord. Uh, Along with these guys, uh, we have the privilege of serving you. We are very grateful for that privilege uh, to be able to shepherd you. We pray for you. Uh, We love you. We are uh, excited about what God is doing, and we want to be there for you. Um, And I can't wait to see what God has ahead. Uh, I think our best days are still in front uh, because God is a good God, and he's a big God. And he still does great things. Do you believe that? Yeah, I do too. And so as we uh, come to this point in our service, we're going to sing in just a moment to close. Uh, We have the privilege of giving uh, to the Lord. And I want to say again, thank you. Thank you for your consistent giving by the way that you serve, uh, by finances, uh, by time, uh, by prayer. Uh, Thank you for giving to the work of the Lord. This is a good time to be alive. Uh, I love the fact that we're soon going to be outnumbered, and I like those odds a whole lot better Uh, rather than the comfortable Christianity that everybody participates in. uh, We're going to see the real deal uh, sooner than we think, I believe. That gets me excited. Good, good. But all of that uh, is a result of your faithful giving. Thank you. Uh, Liz, what do you got for us in that area?